to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello, well, Pegs, Stacks, and Jacks. I'm Tom Hanlon. Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 12. NASDAQ Futures up 72 as we attempt to bounce from a couple of horrendous days. Um, I guess they weren't horrendous if you were short, but I don't know if anybody was short the whole way down. It's pretty tough to stay short. Um, after years and years of, if you were short for a day and made money, you covered it, and all of a sudden you want to be short the whole way. That'd be tough to do. And I couldn't do it, and I didn't do it, so I did, did stay protected for everybody, and actually I'm quite poised for a... a uh, bear market rally here, so we'll see if it happens. If it, if it happens, we, uh, my people and I do very well, but, uh, that probably, I don't know, Brent, does that mean it's gonna happen or not happen? What do you think? Well, if you say it's gonna happen, Chief, it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, I, I, I said we were poised for it, but, uh, a little bounce, but I don't, uh, I don't know about that. This is, uh, this looks like a totally different sort of a, a sell-off. It's one that's, I've been sort of expecting, but, I can't pat myself on the back much since I was about three years early, right? So, um, <laughs> so well, it was we, knew like this, we knew this was coming. It's a question of how long is it going to last and how deep is it going to go at this point. But uh, you know, there's uh, and, and trading the line right now between uh, recovery and recession is is uh, really a, a, a tightrope, a high wire tightrope act. Um, it's a it's a high wire tightrope. A uh, bunch of bunch of crap to listen to these with guys with flaming batons. Yeah, with flaming batons. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't say that to, to, to push push back, Brenda. The argument is whether or not we're going to have a an official recession. And right mm-hmm. now, right now, we had a first quarter surprise GDP in the negative, and now the second quarter, the Atlanta Fed is down to 0.9 percent. Haven't checked today whether they've got any lower. So it's 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 on the borderline, but. Yeah. If you take it, I've gone. I've gone totally different on this one, Brennan. I, I, I think I might mention this before. Since I read that book by William Kennedy, uh, "Freedom from Fear," and he talked about the 1920s, and how if you looked at the gross numbers, it really was the Warring Twenties. Because if you looked at the individual numbers on individual people, he goes probably 20 percent or 25 percent of the population was in a depression. And probably sixty percent or seventy percent was in a recession the whole decade. It was just the mm-hmm. gross, gross numbers of the people up top that were skewing the whole thing. And I don't, I don't know how. You know, even though I, I criticize constantly how other people are doing it, I am fair enough to say, unlike most people, that I wouldn't want that job with the amount of money they poured into the system and the difference between uh, nominal and real at this point. I'm not sure I could tell you at all how the hell. Whether or not we're plus plus one percent or minus one percent, all I know is it pretty much sucks for about eighty percent of the people in terms of uh, quarter after quarter, year after year, over year, maybe two two year over two year. Inflation plus what they have to make, what they're making, are in a recession or mm-hmm. depression. So if you look at it that way, I think we've been there for a long time. 
Well, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think the indicators have been there for a long time, but I also think there are a couple of other disparate uh, factors here. The first is the disparity between the, the high earners and the, the more common workers and the, the blue-collar workers and the fact that there's no middle class anymore. But the wealth disparity is contributing to this. I also think that, um, that, that the amount of money that was poured in for the pandemic was done for a different reason. It was done not for economic purposes, but to, uh, to save a lot of people who could no longer work because of the total shutdown during the pandemic. So I think that there are competing forces that, uh, if, you know, the, the fact that the, the money was pumped into the system is having an effect right now. But it, it wasn't, uh, I think they tried to make the best decision they could at the time, given where the economy was at the time, hoping to put off the day of reckoning, but now the day of reckoning is here. Well, I think it's it's been ongoing now for a while, the, the reckoning. And and you have, I mean, I, I, I don't, the, the appreciation for for what happens when, when the Fed opens a floodgate. I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, if, if you and I were running, were running a show and all of a sudden the COVID thing happens and people aren't working and all that kind of stuff, I don't think there's any doubt that the, the boat of us, to say we're both from the south side, the boat of us, we would have concocted some sort of a similar plan to keep people a solvent somewhat and to keep businesses going and keep people getting paid. We, we would have done something. Now, whether we've done it a little bit different or not, mm-hmm. we definitely would have done something. The problem comes when you supposedly have a good economy, like the Bush economy or the Goldilocks economy. When you, when you have this, quote, good economy, you don't have a $20 trillion deficit to start with. You, mean, though, though, you don't. You don't have. You know. I remember. Got to tell you the stupid stuff I remember. I remember Doctor Jay and I were driving to work. We were still on the score. I don't know how long ago that was. We used to trade off who was driving in. So I'm driving in one day, and they start talking about the state of Illinois, and they were in their deficit. And I said, John, you know, you know how screwed up that is. He says to me, "What are you talking about?" I said, John, have you ever seen? I don't know if it, what year this was. Have, do you think we've, we've ever been in a better economy? This might have been the Clinton years. And he says, uh, actually, probably no. <laughs> I said, well, if we're running a deficit, the best that could ever happen here, how screwed up is that? There's going to be a bad year. Then what are we going to look like? Right. And, and I think if, if we were able to, two years ago, when we're going to send people some money, if we were able to go out and borrow it, all right, or if we had any kind of, I can't say you raise taxes and something like that, but if, if we had been on, on a balanced budget sort of thing, we could go out and have borrowed that money and said, we're going to keep the economy afloat because it's a good investment, which it probably is to keep your economy afloat, right? Uh, it would, we would have done something like that. Now, would we have made some mistakes? Yeah, the boat of us are not perfect. But we, we would have had the same sort of effort, I think, to keep things rolling and, and when you're, all of a sudden you're shutting everything down. Now, would we have opened things up quicker? Probably. You know, all that other stuff kind of goes with it. But the fact is, we would have done something. And But the point is, when you're already friggin' broke, over times when you shouldn't be, because you just, we just are broke every year, um, now all of a sudden your only, your only solution is to print it. Okay, so we're not going to borrow it, we're not going to tax it, we're going to print it. And you pour money into the place, you increase your money supply at a 22% rate over 18 months. A third grader, if there was an economics class in third grade, would say, wait a minute, <laughs> you guys got a problem down the road here. And now, but everybody's shocked. But why are they shocked? 
just saying. You're right. I mean, they shouldn't be. The amount of money that was put in, but my point is that uh, the amount of money was put in for different reasons. It, it wasn't just to pump up the economy. It was to try to have soft landing for an indeterminate problem. It wasn't as though, um, you know, one of the problems was that we did not know how long the effects of the pandemic were going to last or how severe they were or what that was going to do to the economy, how many businesses were going to close and never reopen, how many people are going to be put out of work or a limited amount of work, how many people are going to go out to interact with the economy. And, uh, and there were decisions made at the time to try to have people put food on their table or, uh, or be positioned to go back to work. And, yeah, I, I think that the, the, the rationale can be questioned. But, um, and, and certainly any of the effects of this were going to be deleterious and long lasting. But I think that, um, you know, looking at where things were and the decisions were made at the different times, um, we have to kind of go through this right now. I hope it's not a long-lasting thing, but it looks like it's going to last for a while longer than anybody thought it would. Well, I think we're we're uh, you, you, you're like you and I are like Kirk and Spack. We're we're on, we're on different different levels of the chessboard. What I'm saying is, I, I'm, I'm I will I will not disagree at all that we can we can argue all we want from um, St. Patrick's Day 220 when everything shut down till today, and we probably aren't going to have much. What I'm saying is, on St. Patrick's Day 2020, we had no business, absolutely no business, still being at like one percent interest from 2008 on. We should have been oh, back. We should have been back. To, if we'd have been back to normal eight years before, we'd have been able to handle this COVID a lot quicker, a lot better than than what were we doing? You know, because everybody was so happy. Because the market was going up and the money was pouring right into the place, we had no business having one percent interest in just regular times. Then the, then mm-hmm. the, then the government. Oh, I agree. So I mean, and the government is spending nothing but money, so they want to be able to to essentially print it and, and borrow it at one percent. Why, why are you? Why, why do you have so much money in the system to where you're 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 only you're only paying one percent, and yet you're charging people on student loans six percent? But I'm, I'm not. I'm not for. Uh, I I agree. That's wrong. So I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't. The idea that we're going to get rid of all student loans and just all of a sudden take the hit and print that money, I don't buy that at all, Brendan. But should I mean, if if you and I were there, would I suggest to you and you could veto me? Hey, we need to make some kind of an interest adjustment for these people. They got no business paying paying six percent for for the last ten years when the whole rest of the world's paying one or two. I mean, well, big people mm-hmm. aren't. You know, and also, I, I would I would take the Federal Reserve to the woodshed, and I'd say, "Hey, look, bleeps, you 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 lowered a thing to one percent for everybody, allegedly, for your buddies, but everybody I know is still what what is how does how the hell does somebody pay twenty four percent on their credit card when when the, when the federal government's paying one? What, what are you doing? If you don't force it yeah. down, you're not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, all, I, all, I agree with you completely. I mean, all the mistakes, in my opinion, were all there before COVID, and COVID just, just it was it was the it was the war at the wrong time. But but it always happens, doesn't it, Brennan? It always happens. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the, the 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 week that you you don't you don't mow your lawn for six weeks and it looks like crap, isn't that the week your lawnmower is going to break? It's just the way the world is, right? <laughs> well, I'd like to mention a topic with uh, no mow May because. Uh, 
uh, of butterfly and bird migration. So many people were uh, were told not to mow their, their lawns for the month of May. So you see a lot of the weeds and, and high grass so that the birds and the bees and butterflies could migrate again safely and uh, and find find food and sustenance along the way, along the path north. Really? Yeah. So, so Did you not know that it was a thing? So we're trying to maximize what? Ticks, mosquitoes, and snakes, or what? No, the idea is that uh, a, a lot of uh, birds on, a, on the migratory path from the south, from the southern climate, to the north climate for uh, summertime, uh, a, a lot of the wetlands and a lot of their feeding places and breeding places uh, have been destroyed by uh, by development, by human development. And uh, the idea was that these small garden areas could help uh, to support hummingbirds and butterflies and, and other birds uh, on the migratory path. And when they're cut down, normally, uh, normal yard maintenance in April and May, the plants that are needed to sustain the birds and the insects that go along with them to feed the birds are destroyed. And it used to be that there was enough marshland, like the place up at Bontrose, the bird yep. sanctuary up at Bontrose, is just one example of places where birds could migrate to on the path going north. But over the last couple of years, there's been so much development that those have been destroyed, and so people were encouraged, especially in suburban communities on this migratory path, not to mow their lawn during the month of May to allow their grass and, and other plants to come up to uh, support the migratory bird flock. Well, who do you get at the mall? Who do you get the mall on the first of June? For God's sake! <laughs> well, that's when you hope your mall doesn't break down. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if you got a push mower, to be you and me to be breaking down. <laughs> God, that's right. God, do you think it? You remember those? You remember? Oh God, yeah. Grass with those old push mowers. You know, as as long as you didn't let it go too long, it was fine. Yeah, and we didn't know any better. I I had a. A small business for many years. In the wintertime, I'd shovel snow, and in the summertime, I'd mow grass. Of course, it was a lot more lucrative in the summertime because I would mow the grass every Saturday morning for about five or seven neighbors just all around us. And for quite some time, I used a push mower. The lawns weren't that big, and uh, I got my exercise by using a push mower. Well, the, uh, my buddy and I did the same thing, but you used their mower. And if it was like five blocks away, you weren't lugging your motor on your bike. So I mean, you had to use theirs, and they always had to push more. Mm-hmm. It'll be just—it just took you longer because, I mean, obviously, if, if the water if it was done properly, you could use the whole width of the push more. But if if it was too long, you could you could only cut about what three four inches. Like use half of it. it took you forever. Remember? Yeah, and then it gets stuck. The, the yeah. blazer gets stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, some some people those push mowers got some of them got pretty nice before they all went to power. Yeah, yeah. We had a and uh, remember, yeah, and you also had to be careful not to do it too close after too too close to time after it rained. Yeah, well, we you know we had a because the rain the rain the rainy grass would stick in there too. Well, we had, we had a uh, electric sunbeam back when sunbeam was a real country before company before hacksaw all got involved. Um, we had an electric. I mean, if if you didn't if you weren't some, I'm going to insult most people probably. I'm sure everybody, if you weren't some moron, they couldn't figure out the cord. That thing lasted for, it had to last 30 years, Brendan, and I think I got the blade sharpened once. I mean, it, it was absolutely a piece. It, all you had to do is, if you, if you had the cord by the house, the handle flipped over. Right, so all you had to do is start by the yep. house, 
with the cord toward the the outlet, and every time you went to mm-hmm. the other end, you flipped it over and moved over. And went, I mean, the idea. I used to see people with with like fifteen cuts in the cord. Like, what, what, <laughs> what were they doing out there? Staring at the moon or what? I mean, but I mean, I, and now all of a sudden you have all this stuff with, uh, you know, uh, electric mowers and batteries. What is wrong with just a regular old electric mower? They, they last forever. Just yeah. plug it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so how, uh, without dancing anybody's grave here this morning, what do you, what is the story on this Bitcoin? And explain to me how come you and I, maybe you do, maybe maybe you listen to me, I don't listen to myself, do you have any puts? I mean, why don't we have any puts in this micro strategy? This is the company that went out, and even though they have a, I guess they're a cloud company or something, even though they have a real company, they got twenty one hundred employees. The CEO decides to go out and be a massive investor in his crypto and Bitcoin, and allegedly they borrowed all kinds of money on it. And at twenty two thousand, is their is their number where where they got where they got to start paying this stuff back? And we're, we're twenty two thousand and fifty here in this Bitcoin. I mean, are we going to? I don't know if you watched any of the White Sox or Cubs last night, but those you see the, the, the letters on the umpire's shirt. It's another company that lends people money for Bitcoin. How, these guys can't be doing too hot, Brandon. I mean, and, I, and I'm like, what was this stuff ever worth? I mean, this is talk about a pump and dump. Or is, I mean, I hate, I hate to dance in anybody's grave here, but for God's sake, what was it ever worth? Well, you know, you look at a lot of the startups, and uh, and uh, yeah, first, I have never fully understood. Uh, the crypto market and the whole idea behind cryptocurrency. I mean, an alternative type of currency, yeah, but I mean, the, the, the workings of it and the valuation of it, I just didn't understand and I don't trust that. You know, that's my old world south side thinking that if, if I really can't understand it, I don't trust it type of a thing. Um, but, you know, it's been pumped up and, and really, uh, a while explosive. And, um, you know, we've seen this before in other industries of the, the tech startups in the, in the late 90s were the same way. You know, people were pumping money into them even before they made a dime. They were still losing a lot of money year after year and yet being valued very highly. And this is a whole new industry and a whole new market uh, that's, that is not looking very good at the moment. In retrospect, would you have done the same thing? You know, if you're in a cryptocurrency, would you invest in it? Probably not. But everybody kept thinking, you know, uh, was it P.T. Barnum, the next pool theory, the bigger pool theory that, if I buy something for ten, I'm going to find somebody who'll buy it for me from eleven. Well, it works for a while sometimes. Well, yeah, those are the Ponzi schemes too. That it keeps working for a while until all of a sudden the base of the period for new people coming in doesn't work anymore. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, the old Ponzi scheme thing. But do you? I don't know if I remember as much. Of the I guess uh, there were a lot of people, um, but, the, but but most of them that, that I, I you know it's been a long time, Brendan. So I don't. Really remember the names of the of the bombs. I mean, my my brother does because we had people, a lot of people investing, you know, through PTI and buying stock and and doing stuff on these companies that, that disappeared. And you know, we had some people that uh, back in the two thousand thing where they you know they had two million dollar account and when when they left, I mean, there was nothing we ever did. We never did anything for them except to make the do the trades and uh, you know we sent them a seventy five hour check that kind of thing. Um, Fortunately, we don't have like that this time, but uh, but that was just you couldn't talk people out of the stuff. I mean, it was just, and it, most of them worked there too, which made it even worse because when the place went under, they lost their job. Uh, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that I recall as much of the. Uh, again, it's, it's 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 a fuzzy time, but 
I, I don't recall as much about the companies buying like their own stock back before they ever made any money. I mean, you see some of this uh, a Palantir, and you see this uh, what's the auto company Car- Carvana or something, where mm-hmm. yeah, you know the stock pumps up, and the people at the top essentially get their options and then sell the stock up there, and then the stock mm-hmm. comes flying yeah. back down. And yet the people who are and some of the people are even on the board. So how do you, how you can count on them to to essentially spank the, the chairman? I don't I don't know how the hell that happens when they're when they're part of the gig. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it, it probably happened, Brendan. But I was you know I was so busy maybe trading the OEX pit that I don't recall that so much that that even though the place went up and went down, the shareholders you know got clobbered. That all that you know the fifteen people at the top of the pyramid that were essentially employees walked away with like couple of billion dollars. I mean, maybe it happened. You, I mean, you were probably more aware of that back then, because like I said I was trading, still trading in the pit. Uh, did that happen as much? But now I look at these numbers, and some of these people walking around with this, and, and just the whole mentality has changed. I mean, I was listening to one of the ladies on CNBC, and they're talking about uh, Exxon, finally making like all this money, and it's back to being one of the most valuable companies in the world, and blah, blah, blah. And how they how soon they should start buying back their shares. Just something just get into the vernacular, and I don't. I don't. I think it wasn't it illegal for a long time for companies to buy back their own shares. Uh, it was. There, there were periods of time when they couldn't buy back their own shares, and um, you know it, it's part of the loose of the regulations. We we've talked a lot about you know how restrictive regulations are, but sometimes they've also been loosened to the detriment of the economy as well. And uh, I also agree with him. Except I don't remember a time when board members and officers uh, could buy back their stocks before a company made money. I mean, the whole idea is that the, the sweat equity type of thing would pay off when the company turned profitable. And yes, you may have, uh, you may be struggling for, you know, two, three, five years or so to, to get closer to a, a profit-making venture, and then you can cash out. But I think, uh, you know, you think about all the startups again in the late 90s, early 2000s, and that boom. That, uh, that went bust because you know, some of the same things, people were getting paid on the come for things that would happen down the road. And companies were, were overvalued until they, they weren't and they went bust. And I, I I agree. I think that's a big part of the problem right now when, um, when companies are valued so high. Carvana is, is one example that um, where they are valued so high and uh, not really a product. And it turns out that their product may not be what the, what the public wants right now. Well, plus they they give you this. I mean, I, I would think that <clears throat> you and I are are you know you know too old of a cat to get bleeped by a kitten. Uh, that you know we when I hear this stuff, where the guy from uh, Palantir had to ex- same thing with uh, what's his name Musk. He, he had to exercise his options because there was a and and, and take his profit because there was a time frame on it. Brennan. Mm-hmm. Talk about a bunch of crap! Extend the time. The board, the board gave yep. them to him. Extend the time. Oh, he 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 had to take his two billion dollars. He didn't have a choice. Are you and I supposed to believe that? You think there might be some exaggeration there? Really? Yeah. Jeez, come on. <laughs> he had to. The poor guy <laughs> had to take his profit. But I I don't. Uh, when when you and I let's put it this way. If if if, if, if uh, the Brendan drops his twenty million bucks with me, and I went out there and I said I'm going to buy a whole bunch of Microsoft at three hundred bucks, and I was trading two forty four, 
and I didn't protect it. I don't know really puts it, and so he calls he doesn't do anything. I think you're going to say, Chief, what in God's name are you doing? How did you pick Microsoft? It's 300 now it's 244 Yet if the company does that, they go out and buy their own shares back, and all of a sudden it's 50 bucks lower, isn't that the same horse bleep trade that I just made? Yep. Yet they, they, it never counts for them. They're buying their stock back. Mm-hmm. It is, it is amazing that some people get judged and others don't, right, in this world? That's right. Hey, uh, any any run coming up? We got only got a couple of minutes. Are you are you still running? Or are you just coaching? I am running. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, uh, I I'm back to running. I'm hoping to run a marathon in the fall. The Achilles is holding up pretty well. Uh, I went out for running shortly after this call. In fact, did you uh, did you, you ever run the minutes before it gets too hot today? Oh yeah, did you ever run the? Half- I'm half- also switching more into professional development, working with people with burnout and stress relief, and helping them through their their issues. Okay, well, cool. Take care of yourself, bud. Good stuff as usual. Talk at you next week. Good luck on you. If it's too hot, stop running. Uh, SP Futures up 14. NASDAQ up 75. Be right back. Mr. Joel and Conan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, Jacks. I'm Tom Holland. Eliani on the board. SP futures up 12. NASDAQ futures up 69. Finally, I, I can't recognize my, my, my machine here. There's actually some green on it, Eliani. What the hell? Your machine? I'm machine. Your machine. It, uh, it had, had, like, it was all red, like, for, for days here. And all of a sudden we got at least a little bit of green. Hell yeah. Uh, Dow Futures up 90. Over in Europe, we were still down because they, we went down further after they closed yesterday. Uh, DAX down 89.7%. Puts you down 43.6. Cat around down 58. That's a full 1%. Well, 0.98, close to 1%. Asia Nikkei down another, uh, 357. Uh, so that's 1.3%. Shanghai's bounced a little bit though. Up 33, that's 1%. Hang Seng, would you call us a bounce, Eliani? Up 41 cents? I'm thinking no. Oh, let's call that one flat. Uh, yesterday, just, what I'm referring to a dial down 876. We're down 800 points two days in a row. Uh, that's gonna leave a mark. S&P futures down 151. So that's almost 4%. NASDAQ down 530. That's almost 5%. 4.7. Those are about as big as back to back. Down days I've, I mean, I, that I've seen in years, except you know maybe after nine eleven or something. Uh, bonds uh, down five basis points to three point three two, but way above three. The bond up another five basis points to one point six seven. Japan at point two five, right where it's back to where it's been like forever. Uh, oil up eighty six cents, one twenty one seventy nine. Brent up a buckle one, one twenty three twenty eight. Natural gas up twenty cents, but under nine. I, I never thought I'd be saying that. Eight eighty. Uh, our bob up three cents at four oh six. Uh, we've got gold uh, down another nine forty to eighteen twenty two. Uh, this uh, dollar rally has been kind of killing the gold. Silver down fourteen cents twenty one eleven. Copper unchanged four twenty. And this is kind of a big story, especially if you're in it. Bitcoin down another twelve hundred bucks twenty one thousand nine seventy six. And uh, we've had reports. Some people's. Uh, are starting a margin calls at the twenty two and twenty three thousand dollar level. So if that's the truth, if then they are getting them. But some of these are. I mean, you got XRP, whatever the hell that is, thirty one cents down another penny. It's not too far from zero. Um, anyway, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. We had some weather last night, didn't we? Yes, we did. I hope everyone came out okay after last night's storm. That was pretty insane. Uh, but good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on June 14th. Let's talk baseball. Uh, the Cubs lost to the Padres last night, 4-1. to uh, White Sox beat uh, the Detroit Tigers last night, 9-5. to And the Diamondbacks lost to the Reds last night, 5-4. to Pretty easy breezy on the traffic this morning, believe it or not. We have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 and Austin. Eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic westbound 94 between East 130th West Division. Uh, that's like the biggest bulk of traffic that we, that we have. Uh, we have traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East Ramp. And we have traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 South Kedzie. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, currently 72 with a high of 97, low of 70. We will have a heat wave warning for the next two weeks, so be mindful of that. Make sure to wear your sunscreen. And in Phoenix, currently clear skies, 84 with a high of 105, my God, and a low of 78. Back to you, Chief. Two weeks. That's supposed to be, that was supposed to be two days. Nope. Two weeks. Uh, 
I guess I heard wrong. Do we have Mr. Joel? We sure do, Chief. Do you got do you have some heat wave stocks for me? Um I'm so happy to hear your voice. I was talking to Kevin on Sunday and he was very concerned about you. Uh, so something with Michigan, I assume. Um Lloyd's car grandson, the five star quarterback on the Notre <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um you know what? I just think he wants to get away from mom and dad. You know what I mean? I think that, uh, you know, growing up in Ann Arbor, being in Ann Arbor, being the spotlight, even though it's the greatest college town in the world, um, he wants to change. And uh, so he made the commitment. Uh, also, there's rumblings. There's a five-star five star quarterback out of Detroit named Dante Moore. And uh, Michigan's going after him pretty heavily. So I think it's a combination of a couple different factors. But, uh, yeah, C.J. Carr. Going to Notre Dame, Chief. I'm kind of surprised. If you want to get out of Dodge, usually guys go a little further. Yeah, and, you know, South, I know, I I was thinking that, too. And South Bend, you know, it, it's not a bad college town, but... Uh, it's horrible. I don't know. It's horrible. You think so? Well, I mean, if, when I was, I was young, when I was still 17, so from 17 to 21, uh, it was fine. Because <clears throat> all you did was go to school, really. And, uh, because, I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty tough gig. I mean, you, but, I mean, if I would have gone to grad school, I mean, we're, we're looking for, uh, you know, so, shall we say a few dates and some stuff to do, I would much rather be in Ann Arbor if I'd age 23. There's yeah. no, no comparison. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. T.J. Carr going, uh, going to the Fighting Irish. I think also... I mean, I don't know if they told him he has a chance to start as a freshman, uh, but uh, Michigan's starting to stack some quarterbacks, so I don't know if he, uh, you know, he could have cracked the lineup as a freshman. But uh, definitely a little bit disappointing. But in this day and age, I guess you let things like that just, uh, you know, they're important, but not as important. Well, I remember when the guy from uh, Ohio, well, he's from uh, what Dublin? What the hell's his name? He, he went and started. F- Four years from Notre Dame, and then he went to the pros, and now he's the announcer. What's his name? Brady Quinn. God, when he when he didn't yeah. go to, when he didn't go to Ohio State, I mean that everybody my my my, uh, my mother's cousin's wife, she's a teacher. She taught him in school. She's like, what's this guy doing going to Notre? Dame? I mean, if you, if you leave Ohio, it's like it's like you uh, you know you you, you left uh, the country or something. I mean, sin. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a mortal sin for God's sake. But uh, what do you, so what do you make of this? Uh, sell off. What do you What do you make of the crypto? Where do you want to start, bud? Wherever you want to start, let me know. I I don't. Uh, I mean, uh, the crypto. I mean, I you know I I invested in very little uh, on the way up a long time ago, and um, I was really considering it. Uh, you know, like around you know when it was up around fifty fifty five, and I'm thinking, you know, you know I could have you know I have I had cash, you know I saved not putting money in the market, I'm thinking, you know, like maybe not a bad idea, you know, to you know start doing some dollar cost averaging. I ran it by the investment committee, well that's my wife, and uh, she said, do what you want, you know? And I said, you know what? I just I'm just not comfortable. I just like how do you transact in it? Like if you could use Bitcoin to go to the store, go to the gas station, go to a restaurant, you know I would be, you know, of use. And I just never, you know, never got this whole thing of the 
store value. I didn't really think it was an inflation hedge. And so I stayed out of it. And I, I did say, you know, if it does get back to 20K, that's where it broke out from, uh, you know, that I, you know, would reinvest in it. But now it's back at 20K. Well, getting pretty close to 20K. Um, and I'm not even considering it, you know, during the current investment environment. What you're talking about, the big stock that you're talking about and the potential margin call, do you follow MSTR at all, MicroStrategy? Yeah, that's the one I was mentioning earlier that I, I can't believe what a moron I am. And not to have, I mean, the way I feel about Bitcoin did not have puts on MicroStrategy. I'm going to have to go in a mirror and, and punch myself or something. Yeah, yeah. Highly leveraged uh, to it. I, I, I thought it might have been a little bit lower on the margin call. I mean, the thing that hit it yesterday, I mean, yes, stocks, you know, it, it, you know, investing is not easy, right? No. But when you can't log into your account and you can't do transactions and you can't do withdrawals, I mean, that's not, that's not good. And, uh, that's what happened with the Celsius exchange. And, uh, that's actually the, when, um, when I did have some Bitcoin, this was a while ago when it made a, a big run from like seven to 20. I, I tried to log into my Coinbase account, and I couldn't. And I'm like, well, what the hell good is this if I have an investment in something and I can't transact in it? So, um, you know, it's, people are looking how to value it, and they're finding out it, it does. there's not a bunch of holders out there. They say they're holders, but there's sellers out there. I, I never could. I... Uh I, I have some stuff buried in my apartment that, of course, I'll you know I'll find somebody will find when I'm gone. But uh, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who's a classical currency theorist, right? Not a, not a theorist. I've read other people's stuff. I could never find anything about this thing ever. I mean, I mean you, could, you could go back and do all the tapes and listen to the shows. Why you want to listen again? I don't know, but uh, I, I, I never found anything in here that was worthwhile, Phil, ever. And I and I and I've been. I'm not saying I'm happy it's going down because I know people that are losing money in it and they're my friends, so I'm not happy. But if, if you would have had a, a company and put it together and, and you and Eliani would have said, I think that the way the governments are going with their fiat currency, there needs to be another way. And I'm going to put together a place where every, every, every joel is worth, you know, a cup of oil and I'm going to be a company that allows people to do transactions with my currency and I'm going to take a, a tenth of one percent uh, you know, vig every time somebody does it, and I'm going to create this alternative currency. I would, I would invest in your firm in a second because I actually think there's probably a need for that. But this idea that that somebody comes off, you know, the mountaintop with a big beard like a kung fu movie and creates this thing, and you can mine it and do this and all this other kind of crap, and nobody's in charge, and it's all it's all straight because people police themselves. I never believed any of that crap ever. I, I'm, the idea that nobody's in charge. I've I've heard stories where people say. People had five million of Bitcoin. They got hacked, and it's gone. And you get, you have nowhere to go to. There's yeah. no cent, There's no central firm. There's no place that makes it right for you. There's. I mean, I don't know. I, the whole the whole idea of of the of the the thing trading like a stock it became an artificial stock. It it is no more a piece of currency than I am. I you know I I just never could. But I, I, I you preach yeah you're preaching to the choir. I mean. It was just the environment, too. You know, I mean, it's been around for a while, right? So it, it, it's been building up. I, you know, the origin of it, you know, no one knows. Um, very muddled, very muddled. And, um, 
Oh, wow, that MicroStrategy is down another $14 yeah, a day. Wow. Uh, I think the all-time high in that thing was um, over uh, over 1000 But, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you're on Twitter much, if you follow me on Twitter. Um, back in uh, last May, um, my daughter had some coverage uh, for the New York Times for um, the uh, Holland Tulip Festival in Holland, Michigan. Have you ever heard about that? Yes, heard yes. of Holland, Michigan, yep, right? Yep. And uh, that was just the time that Musk was going on Saturday Night Live, and uh, and that was just about the top of Bitcoin. And I took a nice picture of all the tulips, and I said, you know, if this isn't a sell signal with Musk going on uh, 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 Saturday Night Live, and that's when they were pumping Dogecoin and and all those different things, so. It's just another bubble that's popped. We have another bubble that's popped in the market, and um, it's still, it's still, uh, it's, I don't know, Chief. I'm looking for support in this, and man, oh man, I'm not seeing a lot in here. I see no. a little bit in uh, upper 3600s, but sure looks like we're destined to get back half of that move, uh, the COVID move uh, from 2200 to 4800. Sure looks like we got our eyes set on 3500, and that's still 260 handles from here. Well, that's going to be, we'll, we'll see, Joel. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Uh, okay, go SP Futures now only up six. NASDAQ Futures up 43. Not much of a bounce. Be right back, Mr. Kenny Polkary. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now.
Long Wolf X, Jackson. Jacks. After tomorrow, Eliani on the board. SP Peters up, up 950 now. We were just up six, but we're bouncing around positive here, but boy, not very positive considering how far we've been down. Nasdaq Peters up 55. Do we have Mr. Kenny? We do. Um, so you like this bounce? Uh, you know what? I, it, it, it's a tiny bounce. It's not much of a bounce. I think the market's going lower. Last week we talked about how I was targeting 3,800 as my, as, as, as a level that the, that the, that stock needed the test again, because it would have tested it. That would have been the third time, right? It tested it once in April, once in May, and it needed to test it for a third time, but I wanted it to hold. In fact, it didn't hold. It broke right through. It tried to struggle to get back, but in the end of the day, they just slammed it to close it on its lows, which typically does not set it up to be you know, uh, a positive day the next day. I think what you're seeing today is a slight bounce after they're trying to get everyone used to the idea now that, you know, Jay Powell is going to announce a 75 basis point uh, increase tomorrow versus the 50 because, you know, as I said in my note this morning, they put deep throat out over the weekend, right? Again, reminiscent, but right back to the 1970s, just like inflation. Yep. We're talking about deep throat, uh, who leaked the story to try to get it out there. So that uh, if tomorrow he does it, which I think now, I think now he's back in the corner, he's going to do it because now all the investment banks are calling for it. You know, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, First Boston, they all line up saying, oh, yeah, we need 35 basis points. So it's going to be interesting. But they needed to leak that out to the press. They needed to get it out there so that it's not completely uh, a surprise, which is why I think the markets initially sold off. Yesterday, as hard as they did, as they kind of contemplated that, it's going to bounce a little bit today. But I think technically now, 3,800 is broken, and it's probably going to test a tad bit lower. Look, uh, Morgan Stanley's calling for 3,400. Goldman's calling for 3,100. David Costin came out yesterday calling for S&P 3,100 before this is over, which is a disaster, down another 20% from where we are now. So I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But look... I guess anything could happen, right? Well, I, I, uh, on the one hand, I don't really want it seeing going too much lower. I, I'll tell you this, again, we've got so many people. I, I, we have calls. You know, I do yeah. a protective program where I'm, I'm long puts and I'm short calls usually for people. Not always short the calls, but we had calls that I'm going to say seven trading days ago. We were wondering, what, what are we going to do with these things? They're, they're $14 in the money. Now they're, right. now they're 16 $18 out of the money. In six days. Yeah. So by just buying those back in and rolling our puts down, I mean, we've lost a little money, but not, you know, nothing like the carnage. Um, so we just by doing the normal adjustments, right now we are longer than we've ever been. <laughs> so, right. so, so, but we're still protected. But now if, if, if we were to bounce today, we would do exceptionally well. So I'm thinking it can't be that easy. It's it's not it's not going to do that. We're, we're going to end up having to sell calls again or do something. I don't see a bounce here. I I don't. So if these guys do 75, where does that put them? Two and a quarter. Uh, yeah. All right. So two and a quarter with an inflation rate of ten. I think you got more work to do. I'm just saying it's. Oh, you definitely have more work to do. But I think it's that, listen. I'm back in the camp. I was always in the camp. Remember, we, we were talking about three and a quarter, three and a half percent by year end, and then they poo-pooed that idea. They tried to talk it down to two seventy-five, three. I think we're absolutely back in the three and a quarter, three fifty. I wouldn't even be surprised if we go three fifty to four by year, depending on. Look, today we're going to get PPI in another hour. We're going another half an hour. We're going to yeah. get the PPI report. That's also expected to run hotter than 
what the effort is. Look, no one noticed it. The, 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 the estimate up until yesterday afternoon was for PPI to be 10.7%, uh, I think. By yesterday afternoon at 4.30, suddenly the official estimate turned to 10.9, which is just a tenth of a percent below last month. In fact, I think it's going to be like CPI. I think it's going to blow right through that, and I think they know that, uh, which is another reason they leaked that 75 basis point story to the press. And I, by the way, I think Deep Throat is Neil Kashkari from Minneapolis, right, because he's a non-voting member, and they've used him to replace Jimmy Fuller, who used to be Deep Throat before he became a voting member. Right, the voting members can't talk before meeting, right, or something? The voting members can't talk, but the non-voting members, can. they can talk and they typically go out there and float ideas that the voting members cannot talk about during the blackout period. Okay, what, when is, and again, I when I ask these questions, it sure as hell not showing my, my, my market bias, because, I mean, uh, you know, every, most of us who have been in the business, like Kenny and I have, despite... Our, our knowledge and our our uh, history. I mean, if you had a, if we had to pick up and down days, I don't know. I don't know if we'd be better than an orangutan. To be honest, maybe that's the way the market is. I mean, Kenny's probably better than me at it, but I've never once held myself out as a market timer. But I still think that we you know we have people that I we had uh, Nancy and Audrey on yesterday. I don't know if you listened, but Nancy's talking about people are dying to get now these variable rate mortgages because they're absolutely convinced that. The real number for mortgages should be like three percent, and it's going to go back down. And I'm like, uh, no way, there is no way. <laughs> well, mortgages the, are already ticking closer to six percent. Well, it's exactly right. But I'm saying the the, the whole world. I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't. Kenny, you and I are. Oh, I'm not accusing you of being as old as me, but I, I still look at a, a one year rate. And people, I mean, I have you know, I have some clients that are saying, hey, the treasuries are up to like three and a quarter for for one year or three years, and I said, for God's sake, the, the, the inflation rate is a minimum of 13 right now, if you, if you use the monthly yeah. numbers. Why why would you ever give somebody your money for three years? At, at, you know, these rates are going up every day. Why would you give your money to somebody for three years? Give hundred grand, And when, at the end of three years, they're going to give you back 70. Right, I mean, right. I mean, I hear you. I mean, Kenny, are you, you and I are the only two people that realize that? I mean, that, that's insanity. I, I, I don't know, but I don't know if we are, but to me, but you know that's what makes market right. Well, I mean, we've come from so low, and, and you you can get yourself lost into the Fed doing this, and this guy said that. The fact is, I mean, you're supposed to get paid for for somebody using your money. This whole concept Correct. in the last twelve years, people don't get it. People should pay you a something to do that, right? Because it's your money, not theirs. And, and oh, by the way, if there's going to be a difference in the value of what they're giving back to you, they got to cover that too. This is not that difficult. Uh, listen, I'm in, I'm on your side of this argument. I don't I mean I know when we're when we start talking about. I mean, I, I'm going to say that. Right, what do you think if you look at the monthly numbers? What do you think yeah. the current inflation rate is? Is if you add in. The part of the housing that they're not even telling you about. They're just not even Listen, part of it. I think the number's well above 10%, 10% or, or higher. I don't think it's as 8.6% that they're telling you by any stretch of the imagination. Well, what, what, what's going to happen when they add the housing number in? Or they're well, just never going to do it? It's going to spike higher, right? It's going to be a disaster. Well, let me ask you this a simple technical question. How long can they keep it out? Well, I guess they can keep 
they can keep it out for as long as they want until they get pressure now to tell the truth, right? But they, I don't think they can tell the truth right now because it would completely blow the, the narrative completely out of the water. So they got to try to control it, right? But I think you and I and other people, we live in this world, we see what's happening. It's like Jay Powell when they tried to tell us how transitory it was last summer. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, we got it transitory, don't worry. It was baloney. We were all living it. We saw it. We went right. to the story day. We understood. But yet they tried to shove it down our throat that we all were all, uh, you know, we were all confused. None of us really understood how monetary policy in the economy works. Of course not, right? Because that's not the narrative they wanted to tell. Kenny, who do you think you're not as much of a conspiracy theorist? Although you might be a pocket conspiracy guy. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you see a case shower thing fly across your desk on your yatch, and it says, 21% increase last year, and you hear, see 40% uh, mortgage increase in six months. Who do you think says, put out the CPI number that shows 5% year over year? Who makes that call? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on the inside, but I'd love to find out who makes that call. It can't be just some low-level bureaucrat. It's got to be somebody up the chain. No, it's got to be somebody up the food chain for sure. Yeah, it can't be some low-level. Yeah, no got to be someone who knows damn well what they're doing. And it just, I don't know how you, I don't know how you even go about doing that, because the, the next line says, uh, rent away from home, like, you know, like hotel rooms and stuff, it'll say it's up 20%. And they have regular yeah. rent up 5%. I mean, God, do you know any place where the rent's only up 5%? No, I don't. No, I don't. It's unbelievable. What's, uh, speaking, you, what's going I on in here? What go ahead. I was renting the Palm Beach before we moved into the place we bought. So uh, I moved out, and she raised the rent by nearly 30%. Wow. 30% she raised the rent. Are you seeing any, pa- are you seeing any pause um, in home, home prices down there? Or no, are, are people still- no, so thing, what I'm seeing is I'm starting to see home prices. I, 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 live, on the, I live on the East Coast, right? So I live closer to the water. So those home prices are, are kind of holding because they're, they're on the water, on the intercoastal, so there's there's some certainly some value there because there's limited supply. But there is starting to be some you know some pullback as you go further west. And you're not near the water; and you're just kind of out in the middle of Florida, where there's nothing there except flatland and palm trees, and there's no water, no nothing. I'm starting to see um, uh, some weakness. People are not buying you know sight unseen, and the builders out there that are building all kinds of new property are throwing in, suddenly they're throwing in extras and upgrades, things that they didn't have to do two years ago, but in order to get you to come in they're saying, oh look, we'll upgrade your kitchen, we're going to put in some, we're going to put in some flowering bushes something they didn't have to do now they're, now they're trying to throw all this other stuff in to keep people excited, but look with mortgage rates now ticking closer to 6%, the 30 year conforming money and if you want a jumbo loan, you're probably closer to 6.5%, uh, you're going to definitely see this slowdown in housing and yeah, listen. I think the I, I think certain pockets around the country will remain strong, especially on the coast, right on the east and west coast, um, and certainly places that are seeing, you know, like like Greenville, uh, what is it, Greenville, South Carolina, right, is seeing an explosive right. uh, an explosion in in migration there. Um, but there are, there are certainly going to be other parts of the country that that are going to come under some pressure for sure. Yeah, Audrey was saying she she pretty much called the top up here that you don't see the frenzy. It still hasn't. You still see people who are able to sell their place and then trade up to another place. That money's still there, but the first-time buyer has got to be—he's got to be gagging. 
right now. Yeah, the first time buyer. Yeah, the first time buyer. He's going to get hit. You know, he's going to hit twice because mortgage rates have gone up, but rental rates are not coming down at all. Rental rates continue to go higher. Uh, last question. Yeah. We only got like a couple seconds. This FTX company, this micro strategy, these Coinbase's, these guys that are. I don't know much about this FTX. I think they're European, aren't they? But uh, they were given margins on uh, crypto and stuff. These guys got to be in a world of hurt this morning. Uh, well, I, I, I think they're in a world of hurt. I think that they're going to continue to be in a world of hurt, right? I mean, Bitcoin's trading at uh, 22,000, trading down at 21 and change. It's, you know, it's still down off 1,100 points, 1,100 all say, but it's just trading at just over 22,000. But I think there's more. Uh, there's more pain in the crypto world. I don't. I don't think there's any. Uh, there's any uh, slowing or stalling in that decline at all. It'll be interesting to see. Well, I don't want to see it go down any further because I don't want to see people get hurt. But it'll be interesting to see if it does go down. Who all the sneaky lenders were? Because they'll come out of the woodwork if they're hurting. All the who? The sneaky lenders for people to buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, we can't. The thing Mikey Novogratz, you know, who's been this full call for, you know, Bitcoin to be uh, $500,000 by year end, is on CNBC this morning. I just want to hear what he has to say about it now. Uh, the thing has collapsed from, you know, when it was trading at 60000 he was the one screaming around, you better get in, you better get in, you better get in. By the way, you know the Matt Damon commercial, you know the one that he goes out, that, that, that commercial about Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, right? If you bought Bitcoin then, when, he, when that commercial launched, if you bought a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, then it would be worth three hundred seventy-five dollars today. Uh, based on what the price is done. They used to call that a pump and dump, didn't they? Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, that's what they used to call it. I think they still call it that. Don't they? Might, they might still. Can you take care of yourself? SP Futures up fifteen. Nasdaq Futures up seventy-two. We back up a little bit. Be right back, Mister Professor Halsner. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamayo Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 14. As a futures up 70, uh, sure hope this rally continues here, although it doesn't look pretty peaked compared to being down 100 and something yesterday in the, I suppose we made back uh, Fibonacci's two thirds of a percent. How about, how about not even one tenth of a percent? Uh, we have Professor. Good morning. How are you, buddy? Uh, it's cold here in Utah. <laughs> it's hot here. We're going to be 100 yeah, for next it week. It was 45, it was 45 overnight. I left the windows open, so I'm freezing to death right now. Um, because a guy like you will never turn the heat on. Oh no, I won't turn on the heat, and the air conditioner set at seventy six. Yeah, you, you, I mean, your your children will be happy to go to college. <laughs> well, my father in law in New York City is a lot like me; he's a Haitian guy, but uh, he got tired of paying extremely uh, high energy bills. So what he did is he locked the thermostat. God. <laughs> when my wife was a kid, well, I know and that pe- lock is still on top of the thermostat. Only he has the key. I know, I know people here not, not to say that one of them might be my brother. That you know, if it's not Thanksgiving, like you don't turn the heat on, or if it's not, <laughs> it's not if it's not June first, you don't turn the air on, or something like that. I'm like, yeah, but it's you know, in Chicago, it could be a hundred in May and be you know forty in June. It's not forty, but close to it. I mean, it's like well, it, you know, Tom, it's all about the differential, right? It's like a fastball to change up. I was watching yeah. the Oregon State game last night, and that closer from Auburn, holy snakies. Yeah. His fastball's a 97, his changeup is 81, same exact motion. So if it's 100 degrees out, it, having thermostat set at 80 is perfectly, perfectly nice. Well, it, it, at least it, well, last, last night I, I turned the air on and I only did it like one degree, just because the, the humidity was horrible. I mean, we had this ma- massive rainstorm last night, and Oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine what the humidity is like in Chicago with the lake there. Well, just we had we had a lot of rain and uh and uh you know yeah. we had matter of fact we had I mean the thunder and lightning and tornado warnings and you know everybody's phones going off. It's like you know, you ever been in, a, in an adult establishment where like fifty phones all of a sudden go off telling you like go to the basement? You know, just like one of those kind of things. I mean you know but it was, yeah it was it was nasty last night and uh, the Cubs wow. the Cubs were trying to play and. Uh, uh, it was you know, it was a interesting evening. What I uh, you know I'm I'm looking at this uh, Bitcoin and again I have very mixed emotions on it in the sense that I don't understand how the hell the thing ever got to where it did. Uh, I, yet I don't want I know personal friends that have actually gotten paid in Bitcoin at some time and I don't want them to get whacked. I I heard yesterday from one of my attorney buddies 
that he actually had a client and tried to do something, being anywhere that somebody had $5 million worth of Bitcoin and got hacked and there was nowhere to go. There's no management. There's no nothing. I mean, uh, how does, how does something, plus I, I have a, 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 an economics question regarding regulation. And, uh, I don't, I mean, we, as you know, we, you know, we're a brokerage firm, we get audited and the audits are reaching the point where they're a little re- nonsensical in a lot of ways where there's a registration and what you're doing. And if you're a registered person, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, I, that's why I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have a Facebook account. Because everything I do, you know, basically, if I fire it, it's, it's, it's communication to the to public, right? And it's, I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. And yet you can have yeah. you can have the investment world on TV all day long telling people to buy crap. It's not worth anything. And they're they're all associated with somebody, or or they're or they're doing their own pump and dump. The idea, I would I would never have the conscience unless I thought the thing was, you know, the world's best thing. And I don't necessarily think anything's the world's best thing. There's always something behind something. You know, for the idea that I would, I would go buy, pick a stock here, uh, TGT, I'm looking first one I see on the page. The idea that I would go buy it and then run on TV and tell everybody else to buy it, hell, that, that is not in my DNA. I would never do that. Just because, unless yeah. I, unless I really thought that, 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 that they actually, that one of the latest Target stories, unbeknownst to them, and I just got wind of it, is, uh, they bought this piece of property. It's going to be sitting on a gold mine or something. And hey, hurry up, go buy this target. You know, because it's sitting on a gold mine. I, I would be happy to tell people that, but I, I've never, I never, that's never happened to me. So I never have. But I mean, everybody else is there just telling you to buy something because because they want they want you to buy it from them. That's what banks did in the twenties, for God's sake, before the crash of twenty nine. Yeah, we see it all day long, every day. And I and I, I had a, a long. Uh, well, it wasn't just yesterday, but. I, I get a lot of clients now uh, from different places, right? And it used to be that everybody who came t- to my piece of PTI, I mean, my brother has people that, uh, where he manages part of their account and they do manage the rest, and he has his guys. Not, not that they're my guys or his guys, but, but my people usually just say, here, they bring in cash and say, here, you, you, you manage it. I want to be in a protected program. You know, let's discuss whatever ETFs we're going to buy because, you know, we have some interest, and I, plus I want some input. We do that, but they never, but now we have a lot of people that like bring in their whole portfolio. And there's a million, a million, you know, ones, lots, 200 of this, 100 of this. And you say, what do you like about this one? Oh, well, Hal Snar was on CNBC and he likes it. And Hal's a good guy. All right. Then the next line down. What about, what about this? What about XYY? Geez, Eliani, she was on the other day. She likes this stock. Hell, what, what, how the hell do you build a portfolio like that? I would, I would never do that to people. And yet, people create their whole portfolios based on what these other people tell them. I don't know if they're being legit or not. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... Well, to me... Go ahead. To, uh, to me, uh, I'm always skeptical. I, I've, I've been a skeptic my entire life. High school, grade school, and I always tell people when somebody's telling you, hey, I get this great deal for you, it's not a great deal for you. It's a great deal for that person that's telling you that. Right. And on these shows, I used to watch the Saturday morning finance shows. I used to tell my students to the, what I call the Saturday morning cartoons. And I think they are cartoons. Because I think what happens, I, you know, just watching it for like years, I came to the conclusion that when they're telling you to buy something, they want you to buy it so they can sell it. 
And that's what I came up. That's what I came. To, that that's the conclusion I came to. So I put very little stock, pun intended, on what these people on CNBC or Fox Business say. I mean, I'll watch it to kind of get an idea what markets are doing. But I'm, I'm like you and like the people in your profession. I'm not buying day to day. I'm I'm looking at long run trends, and so I'm not I'm not obsessed with the ups and downs of every day. I'm more interested in what 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 it's going to look like in ten years, right? And and I'm I'm not I'm not feeling very confident for my kids. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I uh, well, you know, just one quick one quick story that has nothing to do with anything, but it's an interesting story. I think is I went on in uh phoenix we had a branch out there this is years ago and the, the guy who ran the branch is an old old timer he and his he and his uh son-in-law who ended up being with us forever and a terrific guy and we still have some clients from his out there and uh anyway we he used to be on his business show in the afternoon and he says well come on come on in i share a show with this technical guy and he's like really popular and but they they'll love to have an options guy because you know at that time i was doing a lot of speaking for the cboe and all those places like that and, you know, people want to get involved, and if they have any questions on options, they can call you. Okay, so I give a little spiel about, you know, who I am. <laughs> I was on the board at the time. Not that it makes any difference. Uh, all of a sudden, the, the announcer goes, uh, well, there's 15 calls lined up. 15? <laughs> who the hell are they? Wow. People? I'm like, they were, it turns out none of, them, none of them wanted to talk to me. It was this guy was a technical guy, and they basically called in and said, uh, say the guys, well, M- Mr. Snar, I just bought, uh, uh, GM, uh, what, what do you think of GM? Oh, I love GM. Oh, thank you very much. Click. I'm like, this went on the whole show. I mean, every, everybody just wants affirmation. They, they, they don't want any information. They just want affirmation. It's like, the whole show. Well, that's exactly what social media is, right? Yeah. They want affirmation of their political views. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, that's all social media is. But I mean, how, how is, how is that an investment show? Oh, I love I, yeah. I, I, I love XYZ. Okay. <laughs> you made the guy's day. He talked to a big shot and the guy said he liked the same Wait, that's not in, that's not investing. I mean I mean I look at the market right here, I see the thing getting whacked here pretty good. I, I am I have a I have a very mixed feelings about the the cryptos and stuff because I don't want to see people lose money. And yet if the things absolutely get buried, the the uh the work for guys like you and I'll, I'll run out and be a a, a student for two weeks. I'd love to do research of just how in the hell this all got started, how people find found a way to lend margin on this, where they got the money, who's behind it, who's going to go under, and all the people who lent margin and never told any of their shareholders they did, how this micro strategy managed to buy all this Bitcoin when it's a regular company, how the guy ever ran that one by the board. I think the the wake of the news on this, if it goes under, which I hope it doesn't, will be fascinating. Don't you? Are you there? Well, oh, yeah. The, it's my, I must have been a uh, pause in the phone. Um, well, with regard to Bitcoin, I think the reason why we have so many different kinds of cryptocurrency and why Bitcoin has shot up has shot up so much is because what the Fed and central banks are doing around the world. Well, I agree. And I have a, I have a graph on uh, Twitter that shows you just how bad or how historic the fiscal monetary policy was throughout the, the, the COVID pandemic and beyond. And so if you subtract that out, Bitcoin is still up 
hundred percent, you know, fifteen hundred in two thousand seventeen, and I have it at about fifteen thousand without all that historic monetary and fiscal policy. So even with even with all that monetary and fiscal policy, that historic injection of cash, Bitcoin is up nine hundred percent from two thousand seventeen. So in a longer in a longer time horizon. I think what Bitcoin is, it's a hedge. It's, it's more than just a hedge for inflation. Uh, when, when the Fed is just pumping money into the system and the, and fiscal policy, they're just running out debt. It goes into things. And one of the things that went into was Bitcoin. Oh, sure. But that's coming sure. back down. It's coming back down. And I think, I think we have all these different cryptocurrencies. Because of the irresponsibility of the central banks who follow the Fed's lead. Bank of Japan just, what, printed 10 trillion in yen? Really? Right? Yes, yeah, I just read this article on the, on the internet about what the Bank of Japan is doing. Well, so, I mean, it, it, I mean, you think we're bad. Bank of Japan is like 10 times worse, man. What do you so suppose- I, think, I think all this work these central banks are doing creates this environment. Well, it definitely... And... Oh, sorry. I'll say any, anything of, of worth, if you if you put the amount of... I'll, I'll use the word worldwide currencies, if you double those, anything of worth is going to go up double. But that doesn't mean it's something maybe of questionable worth, like a Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of it comes from people just buying it on credit cards. Yeah. I mean, I, I have an app where I can buy Bitcoin on a, on credit cards. Really? Yeah. I mean, right, right now I'm using uh, I'm using Blue Wallet because of what happened in Canada, where the uh, you know the prime minister during the uh, trucker protest in Canada was just taking people's Bitcoin. They're just locking people out of the Bitcoin. And I was using Coinbase, and Coinbase is one of the companies that Trudeau could have locked people out of the Bitcoin. So I moved all my Bitcoin out of, um, and I don't got very much. I moved all my Bitcoin out of Coinbase into a wallet that's on my phone. And as long as I remember the 12 phrases, the 12 words, um, nobody can get to that. And if I forget that, nobody will ever get to it. But it's on my phone. Now, Bitcoin why, is actually on my phone. Now, why, why do you, one of my attorney buddies yesterday was telling me he has a client that he got hacked into and he got five million dollars worth of Bitcoin gone. There's nowhere to, no place to go with it. But where was his Bitcoin at? Was I, it on his phone? I, I have no idea. I, I didn't know you could put it on your phone. Yeah. Matter of fact, the breaking yeah. news here is Coinbase lays off 18 percent of workforce as executives prepare for a recession and a crypto winter. Yeah. Well, that crypto winter, in my opinion, is caused by the irresponsible money printing. You look at M two. I just looked at M two. And there's a chunk of cash that was printed to counteract the lockdowns. Oh yeah, and the economic slowdown caused by it. Right, so it's just a chunk of cash just shoved into the system, and that's got to go somewhere. When people are buying on credit, when people are tapping their credit cards or borrowing on margin to buy stocks, these you know stock market and cryptocurrencies and housing prices are going to blow up. And that's exactly what's happened. It's all a result of the Fed and this idiotic modern monetary theory. Right? You can print as much as you want, and there's not going to be any consequences, 
And I think we're seeing the the consequences of modern monetary theory. Is that is that lady still on the Council of Economic Advisors? The lady who wrote that book. She should be thrown off there with, like with a tar and feather, for God's sake. Well, you know, she'll find a position at a. You know, she won't lose her job at a at um, the university. Right? A libertarian can't get a job in the Northeast. Um. So what I think the- I think her I think her position is secure. I don't. You probably in didn't, academia. Uh, since you're just early for you, you probably didn't have the. Uh, the joy to listen to the first half hour of uh, the show this morning, and I was given a historical thing to, to Brendan regarding. I, I, I would agree with you. Matter of fact, I'll kind of repeat what I said earlier. Uh, if you look at the March, I remember the date because it was the day before St. Patrick's Day when they when they, sh- they shut all the bars. You couldn't go out and have a beer on St. Patrick's Day. It was the worst thing that ever happened. Um, in two thousand twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, they started pouring yeah. in the M two. I have it right in front of me on a little scribbled note. Yeah. For the next 18 months, M2 grew at an annual rate of 22%. Okay, so, yeah. so I would, I'm going to say that uh, that's a problem. But I think, like everything else, uh, well, I think most everything else, Hal, uh, the seeds of the problem were the money supply grew from 8, 8% a year on average from 2008 to 2020 for no reason at all other than the market was going up. Everybody loved it. And I, I, I still, like it was yesterday, the things you remember, maybe because the guy's Nobel Prize winner, I remember his stuff. Milton Friedman saying the biggest problem with inflation is that the the first pieces of it feel so good. It, oh, yeah. It's, it's really hard it, to It's turn a on. party, man. It's a party. It's a party. And, uh, We're in the hangover. Yeah. He's just so, we have a nasty hangover right now. So as to why we were pumping that money in from 2008 to 2020, if the money supply had grown 3% that whole time and we didn't already have inflation, which was in your your healthcare and a bunch of other places that people decided not to count, but it was still there. It wasn't even close to not being there. If, if we would have been, on, on, I'll say, on, on both feet when this started, we could have borrowed from some of the, for some of the money we sent people. We could have done it a whole, a whole different way. We, but we started the whole mess at $20 trillion in the hole. If we just started the whole mess at ten trillion in the hole, you and I could have done a lot differently with policy because we would have had some room. These guys had no room after twelve years of pretty much relative prosperity. They still were spending in the hole, and and that was the that was to me what caused all this. Yes, what you're talking about starting St. Patrick's Day with me not being able to get a beer and everybody else. Yes, that that added, but it's like saying. You know, you, you, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how you, it's like saying the flood caused the problem when you already had a leak in your, in your, in your, in your, uh, in your pipe, right? I guess the flood yeah. caused the problem, but you already had a problem. So, I mean, I'm saying if this would have happened out of the blue and we would have been somewhat stable and not, not that much in debt all over the damn place and already pouring money into the system, we would have weathered it a hell of a lot better, in my opinion. I don't, I mean, you could disagree, I think, you know, we, but I mean, the, oh. the seeds of discord were, were sown way before the war started. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, when you have ten years of zero interest, you're going to create all kinds of malinvestments and overconsumption. And at some point, the party has to end. And, but what ends up happening is 
we had this response to COVID, we locked down the economy, we gave we put in a bunch of money and gave it to people. People weren't spending it during the pandemic. The, pan, the, the economy opens up, and now people have all this pent-up demand. And then you get these supply shocks. I mean, it's just a calamity. Yeah, really. I, you know, the, I think the, I think the only way to fix it again is to restore federalism. Well, you gotta, I mean, you got you got to let California be California. I don't know who will be Idaho, and, and get the federal government out of uh, bribing states to be like California. I mean, that's that's, that's what's going to have to happen. Well, they they the DC's states got way it. too much power. The states the states love it because they've just gotten all this money. Hey, you know, I got a real quick yeah. story that if. If you could have filmed it, um, I was thinking about it, maybe think about it yesterday, driving back from the south side of my truck in the shop. The, we went to a party. We went to a garden party. No, it wasn't a garden party. It was a, a charity thing that the SIBO threw or whatever and had a bunch of people invited. It was at the uh, Shedd Aquarium, and they had all this uh, gambling over there, you know, fake gambling, fake money. And then you then you got to bid on prizes. And this was this would have been... Almost like some of the old the old studies in uh, concentration camps where cigarettes were the were the uh, the currency, right? And uh, so he went in there, and everybody. I think the tickets back then were two hundred bucks. So you got two hundred fake dollars to start your evening out. But as things went by, if you if you actually pulled your checkbook out and bought something uh, for another hundred, you got like three hundred dollars, you know, more of the fake dollars. So essentially, they were pumping the money supply all night long, right? So near the end of the night, I actually had made some money playing blackjack. I got like, you know, $1,000 in front of me. <laughs> you know, and I, I paid for my ticket and I bought like one other thing. But I want, but, so then they started auctioning off all this stuff. And somebody auctions off like a Michael Jordan signed basketball or something. And, and, and mentally, people were still thinking this was like real money because I, you know, I paid for it to get in here. So the Michael Jordan basketball goes for like 300 bucks or something. And all of a sudden, everybody realizes, wait a minute, we got like way, there's all kinds of money from all the stuff people bought. Now they, they fed the table all night long. So I think the Ryan Sandberg bet ended up going for like five grand. Because it was a perfect example is when you, when you put money into the system, how all the other stuff now is worth, is, they're, it's worth is haywire because it's only being, <laughs> it's only being worth what the, what the funny money on the table is. And they put so much out there, but it's funny how the first couple of items, actually went for, I'm going to say, double normal price. And the last two items went for like 100 times normal price because the money was just there and you had to use it for something. I mean, well, it sounds like a birthday party of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I, I guess. I've never, I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I, I, you don't tell me you talked to, you brought your kids to the birthday party well, of Chuck E. Cheese. The kids play the games and they get these tickets and then you use the tickets to buy this stuff that you could buy at Dollar Tree for a dollar. <laughs> They're not selling for dollar. Is, is Chuck E. Cheese still around? I mean, I have, they the one on 95th Street they closed. Yeah, they, they have a Chuck E. Cheese here in, in here in Utah because the average family has three point five kids. <laughs> well, I tell you, you guys are good at something out there. I mean, uh, it's uh, I mean, uh, there must be something in the water or whatever. Well, so your state has to be very upset with the infant formula drop off. Oh yeah. Well. You know, honestly, um, I don't really feel it, and I'm fortunate that I don't feel it because we, have, we would have had, if we had a triplets today, oh, man, I don't know what I'd be doing. But, you know, it's not, it's not my 
personal reality, but when I think about trying to feed three babies infant formula, yeah. Oh man, it just pulls up our our I was heartstrings, but I surprised man, how many. I don't know how people are doing it. I was surprised how many uh, adults. Uh, with various, you know, people that can't digest and people that have their stomach removed and stuff. How many people are, are yeah. adults have to have infant formula? Yeah. Well, I invented this uh, device. It's a zero mess baby feeder. You know, you have triplets and you're an economist. You're not getting any sleep, and you want your babies to sleep. What I did is I invented this device where I blow up foods and expand the baby's palate. And uh, it had a big nipple on it. And, man, I could feed the triplets, uh, semi-solid foods, you know, to expand their palate. Uh, Later in their uh, infancy, you know, like eight, ten months into it. And I could feed feed all three of them within, like, 15 minutes. And then they'd be out for a couple hours. But I'd, 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 like, blend uh, fruit and vegetables together in a blender or I would uh, give them a little you know spaghetti you know noodles with uh, marinara sauce you didn't, you didn't put any and marijuana just kind of blend it together and they, they were able to digest it and separate it well you, uh, you didn't put my wife any... suggested that we uh, maybe take it over to the hospital and see about you know helping out mothers well, we, we got a dash off the break uh, you didn't put any marijuana gummies in there did you no we didn't do anything like that <laughs> that'll make them sleep <laughs> SB Futures up 17. SB Futures up 81. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Eliani on the board. SP Futures now up 21. We just had the PPI number came out. It was uh, 0.8. I'm trying to find out here. Uh, the let's see, the. Uh, We've got a little two thirds of the price rise final is due to one point four. This is the uh, this is the part that uh, uh, Professor Hal can uh, critique me on this. The, the headline number is point eight, which is exactly as uh, people wanted it to be. So it's got the futures up here a little bit. So the number wasn't as bad as quote it could have been. However, for, the, for like the third or fourth month, maybe more in a row, it's a one point four percent advance in prices for goods. And the prices for services is only 0.4. So this is about, I don't know, many, how many months in a row this has been that, this, that the good, the goods part, which is the one that sort of advances onto the CPI, is really, really hot. And the services part, meaning how much somebody like me get, gets a raise, it, it, or how much Hal gets a raise, is really low. So you, you gotta take the number apart. It's not just 0.8, it's 1.4 and 0.4. I think that's a huge, huge difference. And we'll, I'm done with traffic weather sports. We'll critique that with the pro- professor here. Uh, that's why SP futures up 22.75. Nasdaq futures up 107. We've got the uh, Dow up 77. Again, this is not much of a bounce over yesterday as a review. Yesterday, the Dow was down 876. S&P down 151. Nasdaq down 530. So we're back 10% of that, roughly. Over in Europe, we have uh, DAX down. These guys have come back a little bit. They were down more earlier. The DAX down 51.4%. They were down a whole percentage point an hour ago. Footsie down 35.5%, kick around down 38.7. Over in Asia, well, these haven't moved because they've been closed. Uh, Nikkei down 357, it's 1.3. Shanghai actually up uh, 33 points, uh, it's a full 1%. Hang Seng up 41 cents, call that one flat. Um, so everything around Asia is pretty much down except mainland China. Uh, bonds uh, up down 6 basis points, 3.32. Bund up 3 basis points, 1.66. Japan right at its 0.25 number. It has been like for a long time. Oil up a buck, 121.93. Brent up a dollar nine, 123.36. Natural gas up five cents, 8.66. Arabab up five cents, 4.08. We've got gold down 10.30 as the dollar keeps running up, so gold keeps running down. Silver down 11 cents, 21.14. Copper down a penny, 4.20. They're kind of one of the bigger stories. Bitcoin down another 1100, 22,101. It traded under 21,000 briefly, but this is definitely down and from what you read, is uh, a margin bar- margin call territory, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, Eliani, wait for us, Trevi Weather Sports. Looks nice out. It does. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.36 a.m. on June 14th. Let's start with baseball. Uh, Cubs lost to the Padres last night, 4-1. to 
White Sox beat the Detroit Tigers last night 9-5, to and the Diamondbacks lost to the Reds 5-4. to Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, currently sunny, 80 with a high of 97, low of 76. We do have an excessive heat warning in Chicago, and it was supposed to only last a couple of days, but it's going to last through the end of next week, so please be mindful of that. Be careful outside, you guys. And looking at weather in Phoenix, uh, they also have an excessive heat warning because it's going to be over 100 degrees for the next two weeks. Currently sunny, 82, with a high of 105, low of 79. Looking at uh, traffic in Chicago, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to the downtown construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between Western and 17th. We have intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between West 127th and the 55 North Ramp and the 88 West Ramp and the 90 West Ramp with an accident at LaGrange Road. We have traffic eastbound on 990 between Lee Street and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and West Higgins. Traffic eastbound 94 between West Dempster and Canalport and uh, westbound between 100, East 130th and West Dempster. We have traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East Ram traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon traffic northbound on Lakeshore between East 31st Street and East Grand and southbound between Chicago and East Roosevelt. Back to you, Chief. The, uh, hey, Al, I'm, I'm trying to dissect this PPI thing here and I, there's, if you go to the producer price index, uh, you know, whatever Bureau of Labor, whoever does this, the the interesting well there's a bunch of interesting stuff in here but the 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 uh, the final demand uh, goods versus services since December where, where goods was was zero allegedly uh, January was one point seven uh, February is two point two uh, March is two point five April is one point four now this month is another one point four so in the last five months the demand the prices on on uh, the goods part is probably pushing fifteen, sixteen percent a year, which is scalding hot, and 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 not going to help our CPI number at all. The, the services part is uh, is any is totally different. January it's like a positive point, f- not even point f- point six, then point five, then one, then below zero, then like a little above zero. So. What it says is, if you got a law firm, not that I or feel sorry for those guys, but if you got a law firm, the price of the the lawyer is not going up very much. The price of the paper in the law firm is going to the moon. Is that is that how I should interpret this? What's that again, Tom? So is that how I should the, the services piece of this PPI? Why, why don't why doesn't anybody on TV ever give you, especially if the numbers one they like? Why don't they ever break out the services and the and the goods? Is the goods part? It heads into the CPI more than the services, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the PPI right now, and it is a vertical, straight-up line from 2020, right? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. If you look at the level, the level was 188.6 in May of 2020, and it basically went straight up. Today, it's the level's at 264. Six seven. To me, that's just again. Uh, you have the lockdown, so you have this reduction in supply, and then on top of that, you have all that. I mean, I used to think that two thousand eight, two thousand nine, monetary and fiscal response was historic, but what they did post pandemic or early two twenty or two thousand twenty on makes two thousand eight, two thousand nine look like a little teeny tiny blip. So you have this explosion in monetary and fiscal policy, and it just caused that 
index to explode. And again, it just goes back to irresponsibility of the Fed and the irresponsibility of these politicians. And I think the only way to rein that in is you have to change the policies, the, 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 the Fed. You have to just overhaul it. Right now, the Fed enables the politician. Without the Fed, the politicians couldn't do the damage that they're doing. They couldn't run trillion dollar, two trillion dollar deficits. So the Fed creates a moral hazard. I mean, I get, what, I, what I mentioned last week is that if California had a, a central bank, what do you think they would be doing? Print they'd money. be doing probably they'd, they'd probably be enacting fiscal and monetary policies that are ten times worse than what the Fed and the and and DC is doing. So I think the only way you can fix this is by getting rid of that moral hazard. The well, Fed's going to buy, whether whether directly or indirectly, whatever uh, DC politicians pass. They're going to buy. They're going to buy it all up, right? All right. Well, so okay, it's a small hazard. All right. So let's let's back off the uh, the economic piece here for a second. I like to I always like to grill you on. Uh, now, now we're now we're into you're you're in a much more of the 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 economics that. Uh, well, that I wish I knew more about, you know, the actual numbers and stuff. I'm more of a behavioralist guy. So I'm a Stigler dude. You're, you're probably more of a Friedmanite. Um, but now you, when you say, yeah. but I mean, somewhere along the line, back in 1912 or the hell it was, somebody decided that you have to have a, a central bank that's independent. All right, now, whatever that is, somebody made that determination and you stuck somebody in there. And you have a board and you have all this other kind of crap. Now, they're supposedly independent. <clears throat> Now, but as time goes by, they're appointed by the rest of the guys. And oh, by the way, if they get too unruly, they can re- reject the charter and they can just say there is no Fed anymore. So you, now you now you get into this personal interplay, right? And all of a sudden now you've got, I don't know who it could be. I, I doubt, even though you have pretty serious background on Bone, I think. And I think I try to have. Uh, I'm not so sure... That last year, if it was Solomon, if it was uh, Volkman, if it was George Washington, if you come to the Fed and say, we got this epidemic, or even before then, you say, look, we want the market going up, we want, I mean, Trump wanted the market going up, let's keep the money supply going in there because we don't want to, we don't want to have any interest rate hikes on the Fed because we can't afford it. I don't know who the, who the person is, no matter who it is, elected by the people, elected by the Congress, appointed, I don't know who the person in there is says who folds his arms and says, Hey, Hal, hey, buddy, knock yourself out. Do whatever you want. I'm not giving you a friggin' dime. I don't, I don't see, I don't see how that happens. You know, just, just the way, but by, in human events, I don't see how that happens without the guy getting like assassinated or something. I mean, no, nobody, I mean, the, the last five years for you to say, okay, uh, Obama, okay, uh, whoever, Trump, you can spend all you want, but I'm not giving you a nickel. You better find a way to borrow it or tax it. This is this has been yeah. ongoing for. I, I don't I don't know who the person would be that you would put them in there that would say I'm not giving you anything. Knock yourself out. Tax it or, or tax it or borrow it. I'm not I'm not giving you a penny because all you're doing is if I give it to you, I'm going to do is create inflation or create problem promise for the next guy. They just keep pushing it down the road. I mean, Trump was Trump was as bad as anybody else. I mean, what well, it was. I mean, there's no way you can. Look at the Trump administration and conclude that he was a fiscal conservative. There's just no way you can do that. No. And the Republicans, they talk about, I mean, they, they make me just as sick as the Democrats, but they talk about 
deficits and debt when a Democrat is president, but when a Republican's president, they shut their mouths. Oh, yeah. So I, 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 I probably dislike the Republicans more than I dislike the Democrats because the Republicans are just deceitful. The Democrats are at least telling you what they're going to do. Biden told you what he was going to do when he was running for president, right? He, he had that uh, Green New Deal with, uh, with uh, Senator Sanders. I knew exactly what he was going to do. So the Democrats don't lie. They just tell you exactly what they're going to do. When the Republicans, uh, they, they lie about being pro-free markets. So I'm, I'm not sure. I think I, I dislike the Republicans more than the Democrats, honestly. Well, the, the, the Democrats will tell you what they're going to do. They don't realize that it doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could probably make a case uh, going back in history, and Carl's the one that gets me, got me crazy on this. Is instead of looking at, at the uh, you know, even who is in office and, and whether Democrat or Republican, just go back and, and look at the, the major numbers. You almost can't even tell when somebody in the last thirty years, anyway, when one person comes in and the other one leaves. I mean, even though people think there's this huge difference in these people, if I if I had to make a a, a guess, I would say that the that the seventies inflation actually into the eighties. All started in 1968 when they went off the gold standard. Was that was that what happened in 68 when they essentially decided they wanted to print some money and pay for the Vietnam War? Yeah, Nixon Nixon signed an executive order to end that, right? Well, they they were in trouble paying for the Vietnam War, and they said, okay, yeah. we're going to do it with some printed money. So it took really 14, 15 years to come to fruition to where we had a panic and and pull back on the money supply and throw everybody in a huge recession. All the same kind of crap we're probably going to have to do now, unfortunately. Now, this particular bout, I would say I could probably trace back. Now, I don't have any of the resources you do, but if, if, I, if I could become a student for a quarter, I could probably trace it back to the second Iraq war where, where Bush wanted to go to war for whatever, the neocons, but he, he also didn't want to raise taxes, so he put it on a credit card. And I think the Fed started printing money to, for, the, for the second Iraq war. And ever since then, it's gotten a little worse, a little worse, feels really good, feels really good, a little better. A little more, a little more, a little more, and here we are. And all of a sudden, we get a crisis with COVID, and now we really got stuck where the sun don't shine. So, so here we are, right? Fourteen years later, or however many years it is, we're in the exact same spot we were in 1980. Only probably worse, a lot worse, because you know now that now we have this massive debt on top of it. So I mean, you, you well, also I think I think the uh, price indices are being manipulated in a way where. We get kind of a, a low ball figure on what inflation really is. Well, I was, uh, you know, my my brother. I think maybe the price index back then was a little bit more, maybe a little more honest. Well, I I would say yeah. I mean, I, I've mentioned this story uh, a few times ad nauseum, but when I was at, at Pullman uh, back in the old, the, the previous inflation bout, and my brother said, you know, Pullman was an idiot to do what they did, but uh, essentially we, the railroad cars that both Amtrak and uh, what uh, in Massachusetts Bay the push-pull community cars that I was the financial manager for, uh, they had a, had a escalation clause based on the CPI. My brother's right. He worked at GATX, and he's always more into the CPI. He should be a professor like you. Uh, and said, so, well, CPA professor, what's the difference? Um, he, you know, he would say but at GATX they use, like, the, the survey of iron and steel and things like that, more, more close to what you were actually buying than just the CPI. Well, I'm going to say... In those days, you trusted the CPI, and if CPI was up one percent in a month, 
or in a quarter, maybe we adjusted it quarterly, I would call up Massachusetts Bay and I'd say, okay, the contract was $60 million. looks to me like it's $60 million, 60000 It was up a, a percent. And the guys would go, okay. And we'd, and we'd re-sign the contract and we'd do it again the next quarter. And then I would have to go to the, the, uh, the people with the trucks. They had an escalation cause in there, so I'd have to give them some more. Then the guys who had the seats, i give them some more. And uh, the air conditioners. But the people, I'm going to say with the lights, didn't have a clause. Uh, a lot of people with the switches and all those kind of stuff didn't have a clause. Just your, your your basic metal guys that gave you the aluminum and the stainless steel, they didn't have a clause. Well, over the, over the, the period of time, um, you know, I'm going to say the inflation during the three years it took to deliver these cars, I'm going to say inflation was up uh, 25 30%. So the people who had all the other parts of the car, if they didn't buy the stuff early, they basically got their ass kicked over those three years. Yeah. They didn't have a clause. But my point being is, is, is there was never any bitch about anybody saying, well, the CPI uh, is the wrong index. Now, in the last five years, if you and I were building railroad cars, I mean, if you take the last six months where they're actually starting to move up, these idiots had the CPI at, at less than two percent. Yet, if you and I were building a railroad car, what do you think? What do you think the real inflation in the in the materials and the metals and all that stuff in that car has been in the last five years? We, we'd have gone broke building it. And yet, the CPI. Oh, what do you mean? There is there's no inflation, right? I mean, so the CPI yeah. would would not have helped you at all in any kind of a. Like my brother said, you you have better had. You know, the, the, there's got to be a metals index or something else index. If you didn't have those other indexes, I don't think you'd have gotten broke in any kind of a long-term contract in the last 10 years, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, you know, if, you, if uh, I, looked at, I looked up some stuff on the Federal Reserve database. If you look at uh, the service components of the PPI, we're talking anywhere from, like, 1% inflation year over year to maybe 5% depending on the service. So, but like you said earlier... You're not the PPI doesn't the PPI inflation is being driven by that products the the the, the products that go into our consumer products right right that's what that's what's really driving it so if you split that out um, it's probably even worse in terms of products and and services right yeah it's like I mean, I'm looking at right now I'm looking yeah. at software publishers software maintenance technical support and other services related to software publishing the inflation rate is in terms of the PPI, that component, it's probably 1%, coming up from zero, essentially. Well, if you look at chart two, uh, which is, which is now this is on an annual basis based on, if you look at the, the, the regular number, which they just published is 10.6 year over yeah. year. That's the black line. Yeah. Well, the red line is services, which is, uh, I'm gonna say my ball on it, what's well, halfway between six and nine, seven and a half. And the, yeah. the blue is, uh, 16 and a half. That's a real yeah. number. That's a that's a real number. The blue is the is the yeah. is the products, right? Yeah. Goods. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 way worse than now. I, but on the other hand, uh, now I think that the Fed actually has stopped pumping as much money in, and and I think the money supply growth is down on a on an annual basis the last month or two to down in the three and four percent range. So I think. Well, I think it might. That might, that might be more due to the recession that we're currently in. I believe we're in a recession. Well, I, so I think there's a lot less demand. There's going to be less uh, turnover in terms of money. So I think I think a lot of the M2 drop in terms of the growth rate is probably just less demand and, and people getting squeezed 
having to pay for groceries and gas, right? They're, they're buying a lot of they're buying a lot fewer of other goods, right? So right now, a lot of their income's going to the food and fuel, so they can get to work. Well, every time somebody gets a a margin call, thank God we haven't. I don't think we've had any. Uh, anytime somebody gets a margin call and sends in a check, that decreases the money supply, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think you're getting well because it's the opposite. It's the opposite of taking out the margin, right? Right. So when you're when you're getting a loan to buy an asset, you're expanding the money supply. But when you're doing the opposite, the money supply is actually collapsing. So that you, that's a good point. M two is collapsing for multiple reasons. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is people. Well, I don't know how much of it, but the certainly the margin interest in the securities has to be has to, that has to be causing a problem. What do you, what if these people in crypto have to start paying these loans off? How do, what, yeah. At the at the end of the day, well, it's gonna be good deals for me. It's gonna be good deals for me because I'm gonna be looking to buy more more Bitcoin. Uh, you, have you read about uh, the buybacks, the corporate buybacks? Uh, in Bitcoin? No, just corporate buybacks where corporations are buying back their stock. Well, I I, I was mentioned earlier. If if you give me your money to manage and I buy Nvidia at three hundred bucks and now it's one fifty eight, you're gonna say, "What the hell kind of a manager are you?" Yet if I'm the chairman of, of NVIDIA and the board, and I buy it back at 300 that's okay. That's returned money to shareholders. It's still a horse bleep trade, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I think you know better than me on that one. Well, I mean... I just thought, I thought it was interesting seeing all these buybacks. Yeah, I mean, these people... Expl- explain something to me from the... You, you know, you're much better in the definitions. Why does the world... Why does every... I was going to say good-looking lady and guy on NBC, CNBC... Why do they say that buying back your stock is returning money to shareholders? Aren't you giving money to somebody who doesn't want to be a shareholder anymore? How, I think so, yeah. How I is think it, you're right. How, yeah. I, mean, I, I always thought that like a dividend is giving money to your shareholders. How is buying stock back from somebody who wants out, how is that giving money to your shareholders? What am I missing here? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think the dividend is the, the way you give money back to your shareholders. I have a question for right? you on taxes. I mean... On the libertarian side of the tax piece, I'm, I know I'm just a simpleton when it comes to this stuff, but for your, your maximum tax rate, since the Supreme Court has already opined that, you know, corporations are real people or close to it, why doesn't everybody, I'm not talking about the, you know, the, if you don't make much, only paying 10 or 12 or 15, which I think is fine, uh, why isn't the maximum rate for a corporation, for somebody in an LLC, for somebody in a, uh, subchapter S, any of that stuff, why is the maximum rate, whatever you need it to be, 31%, 35%, say 35%, everybody say it pays the same damn thing, and if you pay out a dividend, you can deduct it because the guy has to pay on the other end. Why Why can't we just simplify stuff and just do it that way? Well, there's so many interests involved. I don't think simplification is what some groups want. I think... It's got to be as complex as possible. And the more complex it is, the more you have to hire people to handle it. So I think it's just the complexity keeps an industry in place. When you simplify it, you end up eliminating an entire industry. You also eliminate uh, cash cows in business schools. I think I think the goal is to make it as complex as possible because people, like I've said over and over and over, they want protection for their whatever they do. You know, whether they're selling 
horned it from, you know, Ukraine, or they're selling their labor services to a firm, they want protection. And I think having it extremely complex protects an entire industry. But, but I have I, a lot of colleagues in that industry. Well, I, I understand so that. They, they want maximum complexity. I understand that, but I what I don't want is the government to be a co-conspirator into, into management of these companies not giving out money to their shareholders. And they've used the tax okay. law to not do that for as long as I've been alive. And I, and I, and yeah. I, want, I want to erase that. I don't, I don't want, I mean, I don't want if, if But that's what government does, Tom. That's what government does. It, it partners with people in the private sector to enrich themselves. And Republicans and Democrats, they sell their power, they sell power and privilege to their friends and their contributors. That's what government does. And that's why this is so complex. That's why these regulations are so complex. That's why international trade is so complex. The more complex it is, the higher you can, the higher fees that you can charge for the services to navigate those things, right? So that, that's the incentive. The incentive is for the state to grow and create these relationships, these cartels, if you will. I mean, think about this. Think about the average number of boards some powerful dude is on. Isn't that a form of carteling? Well, first of all, it's not. A, it's no longer a dude unless he's a minority, or it's probably. Yeah, no. It's probably well, when I say dude, dude, dude is a uh, non oh, non gendered. Uh, it's a it's a zero. In my my in my use of je- uh, dude, I'm uh, channeling my Spicoli. Yeah, because it's probably. I used to refer to dude. Everybody is dude, right? Yeah, or not, you know, so you don't differentiate between dude and dudette. No. Yeah, it's a, it's a non gendered uh, term. It's, it's like they and them in my in well, my use of it. If somebody's right? on multiple boards, whoever they are, I will guarantee you one thing. They've never once voted against the pay raise. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't I don't think so either, right? Yeah. But I just. Well, I think, I think if you want to eliminate this, you have to restore federalism. The federal government's got, it's, I mean, it basically bribes states to comply, to conform to its will, right? And you gotta, I think you have to end that. And I don't know if there's a way to end it. Well, you also have to put a limit on the, the Federal Reserve has to be re, uh, reformed. Well, we because gotta, the Federal Reserve is creating all this moral hazard. I don't disagree with anything. Uh, so we gotta, yet. we gotta dash though, buddy. Next week, let's talk a little bit. If you're gonna do that, I think we gotta have less states than we have now. I, mean, it's, I think we have to have more states. Oh, God. This, this state, I think we have to have more states. I want a state just around... The more de- more decentralization, the better. That's all I need. We need, like, downtown Chicago having a state government on top of the city government on top but of But there's the a movement in Illinois to do that, though, Tom, right? There's a movement in Illinois to separate Chicago from the rest of Illinois. Uh, let's, you know, there's reasons for that. Let's talk about that next week. Let's see if you're up 18, okay. if you're up 85. Back tomorrow. Nice job, Aliani. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. 
ChiroMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.